Hello, my friends. I hope you're doing wonderful today. I have something amazing to share with you today. It's an interview that I did with Kathy Bacon on her show, What's Your Story? Where she interviews people who have amazing stories and want to tell them. Fun fact, she was actually one of maybe the first three people who ever interviewed me about five or four, four years ago. And I was in a much different place than I am now. And and you can see the transformation. She definitely could. And I know I could. In the last five years, we talked about a lot of really cool stuff. We talked about peer pressure. We talked about being unashamed, how to be unashamed, how to recognize and overcome your challenges, and just a host of other things that I've really, and some things that I've never said before as well. It's the thing about peer pressure. I've never said that before. It came off the top of my head and ended up being a really great addition to the interview. So I hope you enjoy this interview with the amazing Kathy Bacon. I really am so excited to see him again and have him back on the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back on after four years, Luke. <laughs> it's so good to talk with you again. I was I was remembering preparing for your the interview about yeah four years ago. And right. I was so scared because I, I didn't do any media interviews back then. I had no idea what I was doing. And then so now being back here, it's like a completely different time and place. And it just it's it's amazing to to create a full circle like this. It is. I'm, it's just really exciting because lots of times when I interview people, sometimes they may want to come back on or sometimes they go into other directions and they don't come mm -hmm. back on. But you right. have stayed the course. And I just yes. I'm I just admire that so much about you. And um, thank, you. thank you for doing what you're doing in the world, really. So tell us how you got involved in teen mental health advocacy. So it, it's not a pretty story. And as you alluded to, um, starting around the age of 12, I grew up in a good family. Like I grew up in a great family, had a good life. But starting around the age of 12, I began to experience the symptoms of what I now know as clinical depression. My mindset started to shift. I started feeling sad all the time. I couldn't sleep. I was feeling unloved. I felt that. I was alone in the world that I couldn't do anything with my life. And I thought my life was worthless and pointless and everyone just wanted me gone. And then so five years ago, um, December 3rd, 2012, I attempted suicide by driving uh, the family's 12-seater van at 60 miles per hour into another vehicle, of which that accident I survived completely unharmed. I shouldn't be here today, but I am. And so as I started to heal, as I started to learn more about depression, is that it's a medical overcome, just like any other illnesses, I started to see like, wow, I started learning that one in four, one, 20, actually, the number is actually 29.9%, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, 29.9% of teens suffer from depression and one in 12 attempt suicide. So I realized that I wasn't alone. And in fact, I was so not alone, like to so much so that I knew I, I was here. I was alive. I had to do something about it. And then so I just posted a video of my story. That's it. And, you know, terrible production quality. Um, me and my brother figured out how to make a video. And I started a blog. And then it, it all just starts snowballing from there. Uh, I started speaking four years ago when I was 17, and I haven't stopped since. 
Yeah, you haven't stopped since. <laughs> you have now blossomed into, I mean, you've got your own studio at your home. You're doing podcasting. You are doing YouTube videos. So, you know, I really want the audience to know more about that as we um, go on with the interview, because I want them to be able to connect with you if need be. Because, I mean, man, this is a, like you said, one in four. That's staggering statistics, quite frankly. It is. And most people don't know because, like you said, there's such a huge stigma against it. We don't like talking about it. We think that we're the only one in the room. Whereas if you're at any kind of place with, let's say, uh, let's say 20 teenagers, five of them are depressed. Two of them are going to try to kill themselves. Like that's the that's just reality. And the thing is that we could blind ourselves so we can say like, oh, well, we don't want to think about that because it's sad. Right. It's it's right. very sad. Yes. But just because you don't want to accept it doesn't mean that it goes away. In fact, it just gets worse because nobody's getting help. And why do you think that is? Why do you think no one is getting help? Are they not getting help because they don't really come forward or are they not getting help because they are embarrassed or they're ashamed. Right. Um, I think the main, the, there's two main reasons. The, the first one is that they don't know that there's an actual problem. They can say, okay, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling unloved. I feel like alone, but that doesn't correlate because they don't have the information that doesn't correlate into, Oh, I'm clinically depressed. I need help. That correlates into I'm a terrible person. I don't deserve to live. It's just me. It doesn't, there's not the awareness out to say like, if you, like, if you were sick, you're sneezing and coughing and your nose was stuffed. Right. It doesn't correlate to, wow, I'm a bad person. My body is just bad. Right. It's broken. No, it's like, I got sick. It's just, it's a natural response. But the problem is with mental health is that there isn't the awareness to create that natural response. And also the thing is that even when, even people want to get help. Even when they say, I'm not feeling good, I don't want to feel this way, I want someone to help me, there isn't the awareness of the people around them of what to do. Because you can have well-meaning parents, well-meaning friends who are trying to help. And they'll say, oh, well, why don't you just try to keep your mind off of it? Why don't you just, you know, not think that way? Why don't you just, you know, sm smile more, be happy? Like, just be happy. And the thing is that there isn't the awareness of what do I do? Because yeah. they don't know. They don't know. And they're, and they're trying to help and they're scared. And that can result in bad advice or them drawing away because they don't want to make it worse. But then their friend says, oh, wow, you don't care about me because you're drawing away. So there's a, a miscommunication and non-communication is at the heart of it. And that's why I put out so much. Right? I have my podcast on my YouTube videos. I put out YouTube. Uh, I put videos on Facebook and Instagram. And just I speak in front of thousands of people because I'm trying to foster that communication, healthy communication around a subject that they're now knowledgeable of. That's great, Luke. Really, that's really wonderful. So what's your mission? My mission is, is very simple. It's to help teens, to empower teens, really, to recognize, to overcome, and be unashamed of their mental health challenges. Because many times, right, like we said, rec to recognize them is not, right, that's the first step. Because if you don't know there's a problem, 
then how can you do anything about it? Right. So you have to recognize it. So that's where awareness comes in, having my symptom checklist that I have on my website. But then the thing is, okay, you recognize that there's a problem. Now just don't go, oh, poor me, I have a problem. No, do something about it, right? Where no one, nothing's going to get better just because you want it to. You're going to have to actually do something about it. And that comes in many forms, talking to, you know, going to a therapist, you know, talking to your parents, taking medication, exercise, right? There's so many different ways. I actually have an ebook that details, that literally details every single thing that I did during my recovery, free ebook, free ebook for anyone listening. Um, And that details it all. And, um, and so that's the thing. But the problem is that's where many people stop is that many people stop at, okay, I got over it. I overcame it. Great. Fabulous. But then they don't take that next step. And that next step is what I call being unashamed. And there's no one way to be unashamed. The, the, main, the main thing, what that means is to take your bad experiences, all that bad stuff that happened, no matter what it was like, is it mental illness? Is it something else? No matter what it is in your life, Take that bad stuff, mm-hmm. turn it into something good. And that could be, and the thing is that you don't have to, and that's what I did, right? By taking that four years of darkness, attempted suicide, and I turned that into, I'm going to use that story to inspire other people to do the same thing I did in recovering and not make the same mistakes that I did. But for some people, being unashamed can be, I know that I felt depressed in the past, so when I see my waiter today, right, at, at the restaurant, I'm yeah. going to give him a big smile because I know how much that meant to me when I was depressed. And then so I want to turn that favor and help the world just be a little bit better. And that's really what it is, is, ta- is leaving just a tiny, you know, almost ex- insignificant, not insignificant, but tiny mark on the world, leaving it just a bit of a better place than it was yesterday. That's fantastic, really, because you're right. You know, when someone else that I spoke with along uh, over the years was depressed and um, he actually had cancer. Okay, Mm -hmm. And he said Mm -hmm. that no one knew really out in the world what was going on with him. But Mm -hmm. just someone opening the door for him on a day that he was so down and out meant the world to him. And so when you say, you know, just someone smiling, you know, to someone that's so depressed and doesn't feel like they can climb out of it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And and to further illustrate this point, there's a very it's a real story that a good friend of mine, a good psychiatrist friend of mine, a Dr. Aaron Cariotti, he wrote it. He he has a story of this man who jumped off the Golden State Bridge. Right. And. They found his diary in his apartment. And in his diary, it said, if one person smiles at me on my way to the bridge, I will not jump. Oh, no. So that's the power. Like, that's that's the power of tiny actions. Right. Like like we're talking about before, like giving someone a hug, giving someone a smile is that it's not insignificant. And the thing is that whenever I'm out in the world, in fact, Further illustrate this point. Um, when when I sit before one of my classes at school, I'm still in college, and before one of my classes, I sit by this door. I wait for this class, right? I sit at this door, and I sit facing the door, 
And whenever somebody walks through that door, whether I know them or not, right, no matter who they are, I always look up, give them a big smile and go back to what I'm doing. Right. It costs me half a second of my time and it makes me feel better and it makes them feel better. So it's, it's like, it's something like that is taking tiny actions because so many people feel that they need to do something big. They feel like, Oh, wow, you're speaking to thousands of people. Wow. I can never do that. I'm like, you don't need to do that. You don't have to. There's no reason. Like, no, just because I'm doing something doesn't mean that you have to copy me in order to really, you know, do this properly. There's no right way. Um, so yeah, so that's, I mean, that's what being unashamed means is it means that you are leaving a positive mark on the world. And whether it's by sharing your story or whether by just using your experiences to change your behavior, that's great. In the world we live in today, Luke, you know, people aren't very happy. They're a little ticked off about certain mm -hmm. things. They're not oh, yeah. happy about what they see on the news or maybe the politics. I mean, whatever it is, a smile, like you said, takes a half a second. And we don't know what someone's day has been like. We don't know. I mean, I if I were to see you on the street, I wouldn't think that you were depressed. Right. Right? Exactly. So if I smile at you. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is that we don't know. And Something I'll do, I did this more when I was younger because I looked, I looked very young. <laughs> I looked, I looked like I was maybe 13 or 14 back when I first started speaking. And you know, these people are like, who are you? You're, and I've gotten yelled at by teachers who thought I was playing hooky in the back. So, you know, like I looked very young, but something I, I did was when possible for this one, and one in particular in Ohio, I was at this youth group speaking in this youth group. I came early. I came at the beginning and I hung out with the kids. No one knew who I was. They didn't know I was a speaker. I played all the games with them, hanging out with them. I was eating with them. I sat down, you know, just with them. And they said, you know, waiting for the speaker. And then he said, Luke Maxwell, I stood up, walked to the front and I said, I, you know, I started speaking. I was clinically depressed. I attempted suicide and their jaws dropped. Dropped. Because they had no idea. Yeah. No, because I, I don't look right. Like I say, like, I don't do I look like I'm mentally ill. Right. I hope you'll say no. But it's, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't the the TV, the Hollywood view of mental illness is not correct. And unfortunately, we've been tricked into that, thinking that that is the view of people who are crazy and dangerous. And that's just not the case. Yeah. So. What are some moments during your recovery that made a dramatic change to your journey? There was the, the first thing. I would say the, the first thing that really made a difference, because like I said, my, my perspective, when you're, when you're dealing with mental illness, depending on what it is, right, depression, anxiety, bipolar, it twists your perception in a different way. And we right. could see like, like a, a case everyone would know would be schizophrenia, right? Severe yeah. schizophrenia, where you hear things, you see things, right? And that twist, that's, it's a perception of reality that's wrong. The thing that many people don't realize, especially when you are depressed, is that it's the same exact thing happening to you, just in a different way. Your perception is changed to see a reality where nobody loves you, where nobody cares, where you're worthless. And the problem is that because it's not something like, oh, I'm seeing things or hearing things, it's my thoughts, is that they believe them. And it's very hard to not believe them. So when I was, after my attempt, uh, when I came home, my parents 
said, look, we love you. We're going to help you no matter what. I want you. And they said, here's the thing. We're going to talk every night about how your day was. You can tell us absolutely anything, anything. And we will never yell at you. We'll never punish you. We're never going to angry. We're only going to help you. And the thing is, my perception was changed. So I still had a hard time believing that, right? But then what they did is they backed that up. When I told them stuff about what I had done, about how I was feeling, they backed up that promise. So, and then that, that's what gave me the, okay, oh, wow, they really mean it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am wrong, right? Maybe my perception is wrong. Maybe I need to change this. And then, so that was the, that was the first thing that really made a big difference. Um, the second, the second thing was the, the general looking at what helps me and what doesn't. Because here's the thing we live in. We live in a world where we have five steps to everything, right? Everything, right? All these articles, five steps, blah, blah, blah. It's very simple. When healing from a mental illness, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy at all, but it's simple. You do more of what helps you feel better and you do less of what makes you feel worse. That's it. That's it. If taking medication helps you feel better, do it. If going to therapy makes you feel better, do it. The thing is that many people are wondering if they're correct, if they're right, if they're doing it, if they're doing it right. Because, of course, especially parents are very worried about doing something wrong, of course. But the thing is that if something's working, if something's making you feel better, do more of it. If something's making you feel worse, like even going down to the food that you eat, I realize that certain places, I won't name names, but uh, I uh, felt in mind and body when I ate there. And I realized like, I can't do this anymore because I want to feel better. And if I want to really feel better, then I'm going to have to change up my behavior because that's the part of doing, recognizing the problem is one step, but you actually follow through with that. And then, so those are, I mean, those were the two main steps in having that communication. And of course I had communication with my therapist as well. I was taking medication, but having that communication with my parents and then making mistakes, just making mistakes, doing something, seeing it made me feel worse, saying something, being around somebody, eating something. Oh, that made me feel really bad. Okay. Let's not try not to do that anymore. And if I have to, like if there's a situation where I have to be in, like school, right? Lots of people get stressed out and have panic attacks and get anxious during school. Right. How can I prepare for that? How can I fortify myself? What can I do when I'm in that situation? Who can I surround myself with? What, like, what can I do? Because the thing is that there's always something you can do. Always. It could be small. It may not be big, but there's always something you could do. And whenever people come to me and tell me, you know, like, I just, nothing's working. I can't do anything. I always find at least one reason, usually many, many more, just different ways. Like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Like, I know, I know people who have, who have healed, not necessarily healed, but have had significant increase in their mental, uh, their health and their journey through acupuncture, through essential oils, through, right? So it's, it's all these, all these things that are out there. Yeah. So there's no excuses. That's yeah. ba- basically what I'm coming down to is there's no excuses. If you really want to get better, you can do it. Yeah. And, you know, we have access to so much more than we did even five yeah, years ago. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, and also, you know, a good point that you bring up is that parents are never prepared for this. 
and they don't know what to do. So I am sure you have been a great teacher to your parents on this topic, as well as, you know, them being a teacher to you about how love is unconditional, right? no matter what. Exactly. Exactly. So that's a really, really wonderful thing. And um, to see how that all plays out in, you know, within the family dynamic. And you were very lucky. Right. Of course you were. Um, but I can say that most parents, when presented with this situation, would do anything they could to make sure that Absolutely. their child was taken care of or, oh, yes. you know, had the right means to get what they needed. And I love, love, love what you said about, you know, it's very, very simple. Do what makes you feel better. Yeah. 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 That's, 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 that's the secret. That's, that's, that's the (laughs) secret. Right. It's no secret, but right. I'm not. Yeah. So that's, that's it. Keep it simple, right? Just keep it simple. And so what are you doing now for teen mental health? Oh boy. Um, so a variety. So I really focused on, um, putting out stuff. Hey, no matter what, like I have, uh, my YouTube, I'll post about, you know, about three videos a week, depending on the week and how busy it is. What is the name of your YouTube channel? So it's, you can't be erased. Just like my website probably should, yeah, I can give out my website too while I'm at it. Um, you can't be erased. Same thing on everything. And then I also have a podcast. I call it Psych 101, where really the mission is to educate people about psychology. They give them practical, just practical steps and strategies and things to think about. You know, sometimes I'll have something I'm like, think about this, right? How does this apply to your life? You know, it's kind of like an off topic. Um, really, the point is to is to get psychology accurate and, and applicable to young people, especially teens, young adults, because it's a complicated world, but it's fascinating. I love it. Like, even if nobody listens to my podcast, I don't care because I learned so much preparing for it. <laughs> and so, I mean, I love psychology. It's amazing to me what, how many secrets the mind has and how much, how much the brain has. Yes. Um, and that we're still unlocking everything. So the podcast has been a really fun opportunity for me. I'll bring on guests. Um, yes. usually, you know, it's just inspiring young adults who are in mental health, yes. who are doing great things. I was able to interview the C, the former CEO of of uh, of NAMI San Diego, which is a National Alliance for Mental Illness. Yes. So it's right. So it's the biggest grassroots uh, mental health organization yep. in America, and the San Diego one is the biggest chapter that they have. So I was able to interview her, which is great. Um, we actually talked a little about schizophrenia. Um, I have an, a sneak peek. I have an interview with a real hypnotherapist coming up, which is. It was amazing. It was an amazing interview. And I'm really excited to, to put that out in the next uh, week or two. So, yeah, so it's fun things like that. Um, but the main thing what I do is besides putting out videos and podcasts and blog right. posts and all that is I really want is I really focus on the one to one. So messaging back and forth with these teams, like just just through social media, through email and just messaging back and forth with them. And, you know, some people I've been talking to for two or three years now. Right. Not every day. Right. It's not it's not constant. Right. I have. Unfortunately, I'm backlogged on all my messages now because of just you know amount of everything. But, you know, and just talking with them and and watching them go through their journey, I'll tell you that it is so amazing, rewarding to see somebody go from depressed, suicidal cutting to somebody who has such 
a bright look in their future. Like who has someone who is so pumped yeah. for their future that it gives me hope. Cause I'm like, wow. Right. It continues to reinforce me that like, Hey, this is real. Right. And, and people and so many people, like no matter what, like I've seen every situation you could possibly imagine. And, but no matter what, every single person has an opportunity and a chance to improve. And of course I take that to the macro through speaking. So I've been speaking, I mean, this fall has been pretty busy. I will continue to be speaking to high schools, youth groups, conferences, all of that. I love it. It's probably my favorite thing in the world um, to get in front of these people and just, just talk with them. And um, that's, I mean, that's really what I've been doing. I'm always looking for new opportunities. I always have ideas. In fact, I have a folder called ideas, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah so that's, I mean, that's really what I'm doing now. And I'm always just looking out for new opportunities in the future. Well, I have some for you and I'll share them with you after oh, the show. Great. Again, you know, when you talk about all these people, you know, contacting you and coming together, do you have a group on Facebook, a private group? I do. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, yeah. I do have a group. It's actually fairly new, which is why I forgot that I had it. Yeah, um, it's really, you know, I just started a couple months ago or a month or two ago and it's called I Am Unashamed. Awesome. I right. am unashamed, period. Right. And um, it's a it's a place for to share information, to just get some support, to just be with people who are unashamed, people That's who awesome. aren't going to be in there like, oh, you're depressed. You have anxiety. Yeah. Right. It's a place for you to, to be you, to be yeah. unashamed, be who you are yeah. and just experience a bunch of love and support. That's yeah. really that's, that's really what it is for. That's and I'm really awesome. excited for where it'll go. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's going to go far because there's a lot of groups on Facebook, some of them private, some of them open. Um, mm -hmm. As your group, I can see being more private because yeah, um, the is. situation and what people are talking about and they want yeah. that anonymity. So, yeah. you know, that is awesome that you're doing that. I think that mm -hmm. really helps people. And I'll, I'll definitely post that on my website as well Thank so you. people will know that they can be part of your group and they can hear ideas and they can't. It's just... I, for me, it's always been about, you know, I've had mental health issues in my family, and mm -hmm. it's just always been about not feeling alone, not feeling alone, and right. knowing that other people out there are here to share and give, and it sounds like that's what your group is about, so that's great. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. So tell me what unashamed means to you. To, to me, so personally, to me, it means being myself no matter what. Because I don't know if I've let it on a little bit. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a goof sometimes, a lot of times, right? I can, um, one of my friends affectionately goes, just, oh, you goofball, right? That's um, yeah. right. So, because right, I'm not all serious, right? Just because I deal with mental health right. and mental illness doesn't mean I have a somber face all the time. Um, and that's honestly, that's part of who I am is, as I want to help people, but I don't want to make it strict and serious is that I want to show them how amazing life is. Right? Smile. Life is amazing. Like no matter like all the bad stuff that's going on, there's so much good stuff. So much. Like in your neighborhood, there's an unlimited amount of possibilities of just fun you could have, of good you could do. And then so for me, it's just a constant reminder. Like I have this, I have this wristband. Um, it says unashamed on it. Yeah. And it's a reminder to me, like, hey, be you. 
Like you got one shot at this life, right? Be you, be who you are. And if people don't like it, so what? So what? I mean, I don't care. Like you don't like me. So what? I I do not care. Right. Because I am, because what it ties down to and what I think unashamed really is cemented in is the idea of self-worth of knowing yourself, of loving who you are. Like, I love who I am. Of course, I know my flaws and I hate them so much because I'm a perfectionist at heart. But at the same time, like, I know who I am and I'm okay with it, right? And I'm always trying to improve in the future. So really for me, when I see that word unashamed, for me, it's a reminder to say, hey, be you. There's no one else like you. There never ever will be. And really, if you want to have the best life that you can have, you gotta, you have to be authentic to yourself because nobody, and because I spent four years pretending to be a different way than I felt. I spent four years living that life, putting on masks, and I never want to go back to that. And even it goes like, it's a concrete example. I really didn't post anything for Halloween. I think I post because I don't care about it. Like it's not important to me, but, and I know that if I had a Halloween video on YouTube, if I had a Halloween special, you know, like, I would have gotten quite a few clicks. I would have written that raise. I probably would have got followers, but that's not important. What's important is that I'm living the life that I know that I have to live, that I want to live. So something like that, right, is comparatively, what's a few likes or a few followers or some views compared to me living a good life? Exactly. Right? Meaningless. Because so many people, you know, can talk the talk. And I always warn my kids and people that I know, don't listen to the talk. It is the action. It's always the action. Oh, yes. Follow the people that are walking the walk, not just talking that talk. Exactly. Because those are the people that are authentic in their beliefs and their actions. Right. So I think, you know, For a lot of people, especially teens, it's kind of hard at times. I would say I have a grandson that's going to be 10 years old, right? Uh, And so, you know, peer pressure and just all those things about, I, you know, he's got that and I I need to be like him or, you know, Mm -hmm. all those things play into that mental state and mental being of who we are. Yeah. And it's funny thing about peer pressure. Yeah. With peer pressure, you're being pressured to be like somebody else. Right. To fit the norm. Yeah. Look at the most, like, even just like, just like pure, like, business-wise, look at the most successful people in the world. Tell me what norm they fit. Yeah. There is none. None. And even just like, even not, not just looking at, like, success such as money, but even just happiness. You, you are you, like biology, like just pure biology, DNA. You are you. What makes you happy? What makes you feel, you know, what makes you as a good person and six, find success in life, whether it be with a family, whether it be with a job, whatever success means to you, the only way you're going to find that is if you align your DNA, your biology and your mind, how it's wired, and you align it to what, how that is wired. Like you're aligning yourself to yourself. If you ever, if you, when you start aligning yourself to other people, you're off balance. Never works, does it? It doesn't work. And so that's the thing is like in the, in, I get it, like peer pressure because you want to belong. I get it, right? I mean, I feel that way sometimes too. Like, oh, I need to change up my way because I want to belong to this group. But I remind myself, 
why? Like, I'm okay, so I want to feel miserable in order to be like somebody else. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Wow. So it's, it's kind of like that mental check. And it's that looking is like peer pressure. Like, it it doesn't it means nothing to me. I don't care. You guys don't like me, right? I am going to find my own version of success. You can be miserable over there because you don't want to change. One day you'll wake up and you'll realize, oh, that guy was right all along. And I think that's great that you can connect with young people and let them know that because you've been that, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16 year old. You're now 21. You've gone through that journey of all that you're talking about. So you're able to talk to young people about this situation because you've lived it, not just you read it, but you've lived it. Exactly. I will never I will never tell people to do something. I didn't do personally. Right. I, I won't because if, if I didn't do it, how do I know it works? And that's right. why I try everything. Like, right. I'll try like, Oh, oh I'll go dairy free for a month. See how that works. Didn't do anything except it made me want to drink more milk, but you know, like it's stuff like that. Like let's see what happens. And I'm going to, I just want to try stuff. And that way I can communicate that to people and say, look, I just did this, right? Maybe you don't want to do this or maybe you do like, right. So it's, it's that lived experience that, is honestly most important to me because I don't have a degree. I'm not a doctor, I have, but I have the experience and I'm able to connect to people who are just a few years younger than me. And that's honestly, that's way more important than knowing but not able to influence any change. I agree. I agree. And I, I think it's just fantastic for all the people out there that need uh, a connection, to, that need that, just that you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay yep. because really that's all we really want to be in the end. We just want to be okay. And we want to feel that what we're doing is, is not crazy. I mean, because, you know, there's that whole stigma about mental health, you know, he's crazy. He acts weird. You know, he's this, he's that, yep. you know, and again, who wants to live with all the same kinds of people anyway? I don't. <laughs> I'm sure you don't either. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we're all different and we all have the ability to uh, to live in communities and in cities in the world just by being who we are and connecting with others that are going to uplift and support us. Those right. are the people that you want to be with. You don't want to be like him over there. I don't. Right. <laughs> so what effects have your outreach had on young people where do i start um the most i think the most profound really the biggest success i've ever had with this ministry of course no the the and and, and when i say the biggest not by this person was more important than any other people right. but by that is a very concrete example in that i spoke at a high school um and it was i mean it was amazing these kids were fantastic i gave four talks Wow. Um, over the period of two days and word got out by the second, by the second two talks I did on the, so I did two talks on Tuesday, two talks on Thursday. The first two talks, you know, were populated, yeah. but the second two, they, people were sitting all over the floors. I mean, it was really a fire hazard. <laughs> it really was like people were lined up on the stage at a hundred people behind me on the stage. So we had about 500 people crammed in a room and for 350, right? So there were two talks like that. It was amazing. These kids were fantastic. I find out the next day that a senior was planning to kill herself before graduation. 
which was only a couple months away, only a couple months away. And she had plans to kill herself before then. She heard my talk. She went directly to the school counselor and she's now getting help. And so it's that, it's that kind of thing. Like, I, and I, I mean, I do too. Cause I'm like, who me? I did that. Like how? And then I realized like, I'm, I'm a kid who took his skills and applied them. Imagine what every single other 17 year old, right? Cause I was speaking at 17 years old. I was speaking yeah. in front of people. Imagine if they took their skills, their talent, they were unashamed and they apply them and say, I'm going to do something about whatever, right? Whatever they're passionate about. Like that's the power that we as humans have. And especially these kids who have so much energy and so many ideas, right? Who are even like now, like now as I'm getting a little bit older, right? A little bit older, right? Even now, like I'm blown away by like these, these kids who have so much passion, so much energy, you know, so many skills and talents. And I'm like, you can do so much with them. Don't listen to people who say, just go to school. Don't, you know, don't, you can't make a difference. It's like, no, you can't. So it's, it seems like that, and you know, I'll receive stories like that all the time. And it just, it continues to blow me away every single time. And sometimes I don't find out for like two years later. And right. someone says, Hey, I saw you speak two years ago. I, it was great. You helped me get to a counselor. Yep. Like I, and, and then, so I can never predict, right. What will happen. But my whole mission, when I went into this, I said, okay, I want to do something. I don't know what <laughs> I want to help people. Right. I want to help everyone in the world. But I said, like, if I help one person, like in the entire space of my life, if I just help one person, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That's right. And it's turned into so much more than that. So that's, I mean, that's the power that we as humans have. And I just think it's fantastic of when we take our passions and our skills and we combine them and then we are unashamed about them and we just go all in on them. Yeah. It's amazing what can happen. Yeah, it is. It's amazing what can happen because you're a perfect, perfect example of that. Mm-hmm, exactly. A perfect example. So oftentimes self-worth is completely dis- diminished in someone's when someone's depressed. So mm-hmm. no self-worth. I don't want to get out of bed. I'm not getting out of bed. I'm staying right here. How can someone improve their self-image? That's a, that, and that's a good one. And so when we're talking about self-image, the big thing that we have to get is the, what's the root of this? Is it someone in their life? Is it a medical disease like depression or anxiety? Right? Usually it'll be right depression or anxiety, which may come from somewhere. The big thing with self-worth is to number one, like I mentioned earlier, is know that you are wrong. You're wrong. You're you're completely wrong. And the thing is, you might say, like, no, you don't know me. I have spoken to tens of thousands of people across America. And never once have I seen somebody, never once have I seen somebody talk to somebody who wasn't worth, who didn't have worth, who didn't have a lot of worth. And because I can see it, I can always see it, especially when I'm communicating back and forth with these people, they're amazing, but they can't see it because, because their brain, their chemicals in their brain are altered to change their perception. That's the first thing is say, look, it's not you. There's chemicals in your brain. They're changed. They're altering your perception to confuse you about reality. You're wrong about what you believe. Now you need to accept that. Listen to me because I was in the same place you were. Okay. I've met, I've talked to a, a lot of people, hundreds of people who are in the exact same place you were. Okay. Now that you believe me, now what are we going to do about improving or changing that belief? 
And a, and a big way to change a belief, right, is through medication, through therapy, yes. through, you know, just through healing your body, mind and soul, which right. I go over in my ebook. And and then so that that's the place to start a concrete thing that everyone can do right now, like right now, if you just like shut this off and what and 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 do this is I want you to write down 10 things that are amazing about you. And if you think, oh, I can't think of 10 things, yes, you can. Like, you can make a good peanut butter jelly sandwich, right? You have a knack for picking the right size jeans, right? Like, but it's something great about you, right? Something that everyone else can't do, right? Because I know I have a hard time picking the right size jeans or making a good peanut yeah. butter jelly sandwich. So, right, something, it could be tiny. That's not the point. The point, and the point is to look in the mirror and then just read them off and tell them yourself and tell yourself, Hey, I am worth it. I am, I'm worthy. I have worth. I'm an amazing person. I'm good at this and this and this and this, because here's the thing is that yes, it can prove to you and say, wow, I do have worth because I'm looking at it. But the thing is that it's, this is psychology. Like this is basic psychology is that it's thought patterns. The problem with anxiety and depression is that you develop negative thought patterns because the medication helps balance the chemicals in your brain so you can view reality. Therapy changes the negative thought patterns. That's how it works. So by changing, by stopping those negative thought patterns, you can slowly start changing your reality. That's the power of your mind. And the thing is that this is real. Like this is, this is science that we're talking about right now. And so that is something concrete that you can do right now. And something else to improve your self-worth, actually, is go for a run. Exercise has been proven to, 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 to be almost just as effective as antidepressants in some people. Yeah. Just as effective. So go for a run, right? right. Do 20 jumping jacks. Like I was saying, like, if you think you can't do anything to heal from your mental health, do 20 jumping jacks right now. You just did something. Congratulations. That's step one. That's step one. Now we can worry about step two. So that's that's the thing is that there's just a practical two practical ways is get some exercise, clear your head, get those endorphins pumping, um, you know, just get you do that, and then that also boosts yourself. Worse is like, hey, I went for a run, I exercised. Wow, I feel good about myself because I did something. And then also just that repetition. Whenever those negative thought patterns start, is to stop them, because it can be a, something interesting about depression anxiety is it's almost addicting to have negative thought patterns you yeah. almost want them even though you don't you do because it's something that's that's it's something that's constant in your life and then so when, when you have those negative thought patterns the first thing the first thing is to say hey i'm worth it i'm amazing i'm awesome Right. Anything. Just and then just repeat that and repeat that and repeat that. Look in the mirror. Right. Look at yourself. Right. I'm beautiful. I just and then that will cut the negative thought patterns. And then over time, uh, preferably with therapy and medication, and all that is that over time you will you will start to notice a difference. and You'll start to heal because that's the goal of all this is to heal. And it's fake it till you make it. I mean, it really is. Just keep yep. saying those things about yourself. Yep. I mean, and even just I've known, I've known kids that have put sticky notes on their mirror in the morning. Yep. And every day just written something positive about themselves and stuck it up there, you know? Right. And then every day they're reading when they're getting ready for school or mm -hmm. any of that, you know, they can see what they've written about themselves. 
Right. And it's it's so easy. I mean, it's I can say it's so easy. But <laughs> if you're in that position, it's not always easy to do that. It's not. No, it's not. But the thing is that it's not easy. But it, the goal, and this is the thing to remember, yeah. is that the goal is never to be perfect today. Yeah. It's always to be better tomorrow. That's it. Like that is the goal in life, <laughs> in just life. And the problem is like me as a perfectionist, I know it. I get like, I get when, if something's not perfect, I get physically, like it, I get upset, right? Yeah. I feel that physically if something's not perfect. But the thing is, and that's just something, that's just a mantra I repeat to myself. It's like, okay, it's not perfect. Can I be better tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Or is it better than yesterday? Yes. Okay, good. Right. That's it. That is the goal of life. It's just to be better tomorrow. That's it. Well, there's a saying, you know, that every day, every morning when you wake up, you get to create. And it's like being born again every single morning. You mm -hmm. get to start all over. You get to create that day. You get right. to change maybe what you didn't like yesterday. So we have that opportunity every single morning when we wake up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what have you been implementing in your life lately to improve your mental health? There's a couple things. Number one is I've really been focused on exercise because me having so many things going on um, and many things, you know, behind the scenes that I'm working on, that I'm developing, that aren't necessarily like um, in the light yet, is that I realized like my exercise went downhill really fast. So I was like, okay, I need, I need, I need to just take time, you know, 30 minutes, right? Not a whole lot of time. Yeah. Schedule on my calendar and then just do it. Right. right. And so, and so that's one, that's one thing. The other thing that I've really been, I mean, and I'm currently in the process of is really getting my sleep cycle set. Yeah. Because I'll notice that the biggest factor in my mood, biggest factor in my energy is my sleep. Yes. That without a doubt, I will feel worse when I don't get enough sleep. And here's the thing about frustrating for me is that my, my body, the way I'm built just needs a lot of sleep, right? Eight hours is the minimum of a good night of sleep, preferably nine, right? To that's, that's, that's what I shoot for is like right. to get nine, then I'll actually be at my optimal. Right. The problem is that that doesn't always happen. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I lie that almost never happens. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. So I've really been working on just implementing different strategies. Like, okay, like not watching anything in bed before I go to sleep because I get stuck right on Netflix or YouTube. Right. I get stuck on there. Right. And then, cause, and then I lose track of time. So there's something like that. Okay. Like I'm trying, I'm trying not to do that. Am I 100% successful? Am I perfect? No. no. Am I better than I was last month? Yes. And that's what counts. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's the main, the two main things is really exercise and then watching what I sleep when I sleep. Cause I've recognized that about myself, like, right. Self-aware recognizing yeah. the problem. I've tied it to sleep and I've tied it to exercise and also kind of watching what I eat is going along with that. That's not really a huge problem for me, but, mm -hmm. and then I've tied that to that. I say, okay, recognize the problem. Now let's do something about it. And exercise, you know, even for those that like, there's just some days I am in a funk. I wake up and I'm just like, I didn't sleep well. Okay, there we right. go. And I just, I can't get out of it. But I, I can go down to my local um, trail along mm -hmm. the river and they have a trail there. 
And I used to be a runner when I was younger. I'm not a runner now, getting mm -hmm. older and your knees and everything else. You'll find out about this, Luke. <laughs> Dad will fill you in on that. But it is so nice. Like I just start walking mm -hmm. and you're out in the fresh air and you see the trees and you see the river and your whole demeanor changes within. So, you know, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to, to go out and, and take care of yourself and, and get some physical activity. Exactly. But here's the thing about nature is that I've been doing, I've been reading a lot about, about how, what, 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 how, what are ways to, what are ways to improve? I'm always looking for different ways. And here's the thing about nature is that not only like the greenery can improve your mood just by have the color being surrounded, but the very shape of nature is very graceful. And what that does is it naturally, like subconsciously, it leads the eye across that very, you know, natural, natural bends. And what it does is it relieves the mind. Like it unfocuses the mind. Like it just biologically, like that's the chemistry of humans is that that's what it does. So whenever like, so, that, and that's great. Cause you're saying like a walk and then, you know, it just, oh. it gives you some time to breathe, right? It gives you some space and it just, and it naturally does something to subconsciously to unfocus your mind and then just let your mind wander and let it rest. No, it's very true. If, if I'm ever sad or if something isn't going right or I just go out into nature and mm -hmm. I can guarantee you 30 minutes later, I have a whole different perspective about what I need to do, how I need to do it. Because instinctively we have the answers if we're just kind of quiet and we listen, you know, we know what we should do next. Um, so, yeah, I, I so agree with you about exercise and sleep. And that's, I mean, sleep is a big deal these days, especially with how busy everybody's life is. Yep. And you're really busy these days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. So what's, we talked about things that people can do to improve and or boost their mental health right now. Mm-hmm. Can you just name one thing that someone could do right now while they're listening? If you're listening, because you're going to be, if you're not listening right now, you're going to be listening later. It doesn't matter when you're listening. You're going to be listening to this. So what, Luke, can someone do? Do 20 jumping jacks. Okay. <laughs> First thing. Another thing that if you're not feeling depressed yourself, I want you to share my content. Share my content with your friends because guess what? Right? It doesn't matter what age you are, no matter what age you are, as long as you know four teenagers, one of them's depressed. As long as you know 12 teenagers, one of them will attempt suicide. So by taking, and that's why I put out so much, so you can share it with the people that you love, that you know, so that way they can say, wow, I have no idea, this is real, this is how I'm feeling, I want, I'm going to do something about it. And that's not just happens in a vacuum, and that that's real, that happens every day that happens all the time and someone will contact me and say wow i happen to see that your friend liked my your that my friend liked your page on facebook i saw that your my friend that followed you on instagram i saw something that my friend shared and now i'm getting help or what do i do how do i overcome this that's very real and those are real results that you can do to make a positive difference in the world absolutely and i will um post every single way that 
people can get a hold of you on my website at www.kathybacon.com. When you go on to www.kathybacon.com, you'll be able to click on interviews. And when you click on interviews, you're going to see Luke's picture there and you're going to click on the interview. And it's going to take you to a page where you can watch this video and it'll have his contact information on it. So don't be afraid to go there, get it, copy it, whatever you need to do, because I'll tell you what, this guy is the real deal. I've known him for four years now. <laughs> and he's not kidding when he says that he is here to help and be someone that you can connect with. I know this for certain, okay? So tell me before we go, why orange is your main color? <laughs> I... It was accidental. Four or five years ago, we were first creating Can't Be Erased. And the default theme for my website at the time was orange. I was like, hey, I like this. Yeah. And I slowly I began to incorporate orange more and more and more. And then until like it's a big part of my brand. And the thing is that I feel that it represents it, it in a color form unashamed. It's bright. It's fun. But at the same time, like it's 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 happy and it I, for me, it represents my personality and it represents the word unashamed in a color. And I love it. And I don't care what people say, because I have many people say, look, you need to tone down the orange. You need to just like, no, not the orange. It's no, like, no, don't tell no me way. I am not stopping with that. No. No matter <laughs> and there you go again. This makes you feel good, orange. Yeah. And so it's become your branding. It's become who you are. It's become unashamed. It's become, you can't be erased. I remember when you first started on your website, it was orange. And I, you're right about orange. Orange does make you feel good. There's, there's just something about orange. Yeah. So Psychology. <laughs> I, yeah. See, there you go. And you're, are you majoring in psychology? Yes, for right now. Um, that's a, uh, schooling is a long story that we don't have time to get into, but, yeah. but <laughs> I'm, working, I'm, have, I'm going on my path. I'm going to school right now and I'm figure out my school path as things change and, think, and go on. But I also think that when you're giving back as much as you are, mm -hmm. that some things get put on hold sometime. Yeah. And then we sort of get back to them when we can. And there's no right or wrong about it. Right. right. So, right. you know, I just think whatever is going to be for you is going to be your mission is certainly not over in life. No way. <laughs> Never. <laughs> And I have to say that it has been just an honor and a pleasure to talk with you again after four years. And I remember when I first spoke to you, we just spoke over, it was just, it was a radio station and you came right. on and you couldn't see your face, mm -hmm. but you exude so much kindness and so much ability to people. I could see young people being drawn to you. No, because you. you do have that ability to draw people in and you're honest and you're authentic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know anything that could be better, Luke. I really don't. Mm -hmm. thank so you. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you all for joining in. If you were able to join in today, I see that there was a few people that kind of stopped by and checked out the view. But I'll tell you, we'll be posting this. You'll see it. I want you to get... I want you all to really go in and, you know, find Luke if you need to. And again, I will post all of his information. I'll post 
where you can find him. I'll post his Facebook page where you can message him, whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. Because if you are in need of connecting with someone because you feel like you're alone because of mental health, I'm telling you, and Scout's honor, Luke will be able to help you. And I could probably, I could be a spokesperson by the time <laughs> I'm done with this. Thank but you. I really, I really mean it. And I really believe it, Luke. And I, like I said, I've known you for four years. I've watched what you've done over the years and it's never wavered. So mm. thank you for that. Thank you for supporting teens and, you know, getting involved in what's happening today. Cause it is forever changing because of technology as well, you know? So thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate it. And yeah. thank you all for tuning in today. I, uh, again, I'm so grateful and so honored that you take the time to listen and watch and create that human connectiveness that we all need in today's world. So thank you very much. See you next time. Thank you, my podcast friends, for listening to this session of the Psych 101 podcast. It would mean the world to me. It really would if you left a review on iTunes. It honest review in order to help more people know about this show and how to apply psychology to their lives. <laughs>